This is a pretty memorable episode to us LCPers. So before we jump in, I would like to thank all our current patrons who have helped us get to this point. I'd like to give a big thank you to Mark Baggio, not the evil one currently stuck in a cell in Fillmore's Crossing, but our one-legged Canadian friend Mark Baggio, after whom the character was created, Joseph Moore, not the Joe Moore whose head is currently strapped to Igmet's belt, but our British friend Joe Moore, after whom the character was created, Tim Demuse, Irene, aka Bob the Furby, who did some of our first fan art ever, Kim, who plays the part of Alavari Televana in this episode. You can also find her on the podcast's Beholder's Eye and Service Desk. Eric Pat, our longtime friend who plays in our D&D games on Discord, Wesley Sullivan, Harry Kay, our mysterious benefactor, Donald Bewley, one of my favorite nerds from such podcasts as Hexgrid Heroes, Dustress, Pokemon Sideshow, How to Survive a Horror Movie, and probably some I've forgotten. He's in a million podcasts. Nick Galanek, our Australian watermelon mate, Calvin Root, another one of our mysterious benefactors, whom we had the joy of actually conversing with last year and learning more about him. That was cool. Rodney Combs, who has been a friend of the show since before the D&D pod was even created, Christopher Solera, our favorite Gaijin, and Brody Rainey, a friend who helped us get our start and has supported us ever since. We love you all, and thank you for helping us keep the lights on. And now let me transition into Thomas DeWeese as I recollect on the fact that a demon lady just walked into town. She's a tiefling. I don't particularly trust her, but we have bigger matters to deal with at the moment. A horde of undead just showed up, seemingly out of nowhere. I'm unsure yet if this has anything to do with the strange occurrences that have taken place in Fillmore's Crossing. But it seems we may have to shoot first and ask questions later, assuming we live long enough to reach the questions stage. Now that you guys have been out and watching this writhing mass start coming towards you, you notice that it doesn't it doesn't come any closer than 30 feet to you. Um, it, it doesn't, like... It kind of seems like it's stopping and just milling about around this well area and almost as though it's waiting for, for something to happen. And so, like... They're not directly attacking you, and if you remember Kim, uh, it was a chase. Like you try, the thing tr- track tried to tackle you the one time, but literally everything that you have made contact with has run away from you. And so I will, uh, I will open it up to you guys. You have this this swarming horde that's moving like like ants around. Uh, have you ever seen when, when the ants will start to just swirl in a circle and they just keep doing it until they, they all eventually die because their antenna get all messed up? That's basically what this looks like to you, Falk, because you've got kind of a bird's eye view of what's going on. And they're just turning into this swirling mass and, and trampling all over the pieces of, uh, of zombies that you've already blown apart with your fireball. You can see that there are more of them that are starting to to crawl over the buildings and 
and join them in this swirling and writhing mass. And why don't you guys all go ahead and make me a perception check? For one, I just got to say, I've never witnessed ants do that. I would just wonder what the hell kind of ants are in Wisconsin. (laughs) So I got a 15 plus one, 16. Seven plus seven for 14. 15. 13. Oh, wow. So for the first time ever, literally everybody in the party, you see the door to to Deputy Portnoy's office open up. And you see Boris's face peek out, but he doesn't look at you guys. He looks towards the the horde that's swirling around, and he starts to walk towards it. Uh, <laughs> are, are we in initiative order or anything right now? Not right now, no. <clears throat> I'm going to call out to him. Boris. Yeah, don't put any, like, sort of, you know, <laughs> imperative into it or anything. <laughs> hey, yo, Boris. Uh, I'm sick. <laughs> what's going on there, boss? Uh, what you doing there, bud? I can't predict what my voice is going to do right now. <laughs> he, he can't hear you, Tom. <laughs> Boris! Boris, come down yonder. His head snaps towards you quickly, Ignat. And... You can see that there's kind of a vacancy in his eyes. You guys aren't that far from him, because if you remember, the, the the deputy's office is right next to the crossing house. And so he's maybe 35, 40 feet away from you. And Boris looks at you and he says, Good. You're all here. This pleases me. I need to speak to you all. I've seen and felt the coming storm. Your world is going to crumble, and your way of life will end. But I am not without mercy. My presence here can buy you time, but the bargain must be completed. So I offer you a bargain. Will you hear my terms? What in the hell is going on here? (laughs) I wish I knew. You got zombies? You got this... Who Who's Boris? Um, I would like to know kind of where this zombie mob is in reference to the city. They're swirling around the well. Oh, okay. They're actually going around it? Correct. Oh, they're not even paying attention to us? Nope. Only Boris is looking at you. Okay, well, uh, I nod and wave him over. He approaches slowly and deliberately. I may assume my gun is drawn, but if it's not, I'm drawing my gun. Okay. What are your terms? Come back in two weeks' time, and I will grant you a boon. But first, you must leave and allow the bargain to be completed. We're not going anywhere. This saddens me. Perhaps we would be more inclined to negotiate if you would give us some answers. I yell down from the rooftop, uh, what's going on? I can't hear shit from up here. (laughs) (laughs) Boris's head snaps towards you, Falk, and you could just tell that he's moving in a very non-Boris way, you know? Like, Boris is very kind of lopey and definitely clumsy sometimes, but he's, he's definitely moving almost like a predator. 
just the way that he eyes you and the way that he's kind of walking very deliberately and and just kind of the way that he doesn't seem defensive at all. He seems perfectly comfortable. And he says, Surely you must be concerned with the coming storm. He's looking directly at you when he says this, Falk, and more than loud enough for you to hear it. Uh, of course I'm concerned. Um, as soon as I say that out loud to the thing, um, I, I kind of turn my head and say, like, under my breath, like, Adelex! Adelex, I know you can hear me! Where the fuck are you? I need your help! <laughs> I guess nothing happens. <laughs> I say, fuck. Okay, uh... What is the storm? Like, the, a storm of what? There... There will come a time when that which you depend on will no longer exist. And the very fabric of everything that you believe in will crumble. Yeah, how much time do we got, pal? It depends. Should the bargain be completed, I believe the weave may gain strength from it. Who's bargaining? Bargains are anonymous. Just like no one will know about yours. Uh. <laughs> You're gonna have to start making more sense than this before we'll trust you. What do we have to do? Leave. Come back in two weeks' time. I will grant you a boon. Anything that your heart desires. Anything. What? What's this about the weave, Phelan? What weave? Uh, and I'm still yelling from the top of the roof. <laughs> it, it's basically the, the substrate of existence that all magic appears on. It, it, like, all magic uses the weave and, and the the weave is just foolish magic it's not just magic it is everything your gods their planes they are held tied to this world by the weave this is not just your politics this is everything did you just well actually me uh bro <laughs> I'm going to, as you guys are talking, I'm going to walk over to Igmit. I'm going to say, Igmit, where did you put the dynamite? Why, it's it's here on my belt. Where do you think I keep it? How many sticks do we have? Uh, four? Hmm. We may need those. Here's the thing, Tom. I'm not a smart man, but even I know when you're in a poker game and the stakes just get way too expensive, sometimes you just got to fold. You barely even know what the stakes are. There's no telling if we can trust this thing. Who are we supposed to listen to? I'm going to actually go back to the Boris creature and say, uh, what do you know of the elvish spider woman down in the mines? 
I know that if you free her, it will buy you even more time. So you two would be working together? Doubtful. But perhaps our ends would have similar interests. And the dragon. He kind of... He kind of looks confused for a second, and uh, he says, I do not know what, what dragon you speak of. Just then, uh, Tom gets a, a message that only he can hear from Falk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm like, uh, first, don't mention the dragon <laughs> anymore. And second, hate it when you do this. Do you have dispel magic? Let me check my app. Yes, I do. Use it on him. So I cast Dispel Magic on Boris. All right, so go ahead and roll me a d20, and you're going to add your Wisdom modifier and your Proficiency modifier to it. Dirty 20. You see Boris shake his head for a second, and his, he blinks his eyes a couple of times, and he looks at you, and he goes, Dom? Boris. What the hell is going on here? I think you were possessed. And then you guys hear just echoing throughout the uh, entirety of the of the town. It's the loudest thing that you've ever heard. It's just, So you have chosen death. And then you see the twitching appendages smoldering on the ground. They begin to claw and, and kick at the dirt. And this miasmic haze starts obscuring your vision slightly. But it, it becomes readily apparent that the limbs are forming into a much larger structure. And you can see that, that these zombies that were whirling in this rotation are starting to climb up on top of each other and creating this vaguely humanoid structure of writhing arms and legs. The gray flesh mottled and oozing. This, this creature, it, it stands almost 20 feet tall and it just makes this awful squelching sound as it's as it's like looking at its hands and and its legs and just taking stock of the situation and it uh basically just looks at you and and gives you the kung fu wave and let's roll initiative <laughs> it's morphin time <laughs> <laughs> i uh i take out my cigar matches and i hand them to igmet i got a 20 Oh, I got a dirty 20. Five. Ooh, 18. Tom, are you sure about this? A hundred percent. I just kind of gesture with my head up at the behemoth in front of us. <laughs> Alrighty then. What kind of deal did y'all make? Well, we didn't make any deal. That's why it's pissed at us. <laughs> Falk, can your acid splash burn through metal? Uh, what you got in mind? We could find out. I'm thinking that perhaps we should pay a visit to the gunsmith. I mean, there's a giant um, zombie zord here. Um, kind of wants our immediate attention. I don't think a trip to the gun store is really going to help right now. <laughs> It has guns in it. <laughs> <laughs> we have guns, and they're already loaded. His guns are magic. All right, you guys can finish this argument on your turns. Igmet, it's your turn. 
<laughs> so this thing, this critter, it has legs, right? Like the the bodies or whatever are forming legs. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, I'm gonna take two of the four sticks of dynamite off my belt, and um, I'm gonna run off the crossing house porch, uh, but still keep, uh, let's say, a. How far away is this thing from me? Um, this creature is... It's at the well, so it's probably... I'd say about 100 feet away from you. Can I... Can I run towards it, but try and find a defensive position? Maybe a barrel or a a wagon or something uh, that's a little bit closer to it. Yeah, so you could, if you ran sort of to the right towards Deputy Portnoy's office, you could use the building for cover. You could use the the Adirondack chairs that are out in front where he where he's normally chilling, smoking cigars. Um, I mean, the the building is definitely going to be your best cover, but obviously it's kind of up to you as to the Adirondack chairs would be closer. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah. Let me. But it's definitely oh. worse cover. I'll run for the Adirondack Adirondack chairs and kind of kneel behind them. Okay. And you could still make an attack then if you wanted, but I just don't think that you'll be able to throw your dynamite far enough. Right, right. I'm just going to stay behind the chairs for now. Do you want to hold an action for something? Can I hold the action just to have my bow ready? Of course. Okay. All right. That's what stipulation do you want to shoot your bow under? Like, if, if it gets close enough to somebody or if it does something, like, you could then take your bow shot before it does it, then. If it moves closer to me, I'll, I'll then okay, take cool. the shot. Gotcha. And so, Falk, you're next. All right. So, um, am I high enough on this roof where it can't reach me? Oh, no. It's 20 feet tall, and you're only on uh, on the first floor roof, so... No, it could very oh, okay. easily reach you. <laughs> All right, so um, I am going to like uh, while all the talking was going on earlier, I was um, I was I was taking the uh, the shocking shocking grass browns out of uh, Samantha, and I was putting in chill touch, and um, I'm going to uh, <clears throat> shoot it with a chill touch round. And so, let's see, that will be... And that does necrotic damage, right? Yep. And that, uh... Okay, yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's natural 20, baby. Oh, okay. Well. So, 25 times 2, 50. So, you fire your your rifle, right? I can never remember the stupid name. This would be uh, the revolver. Oh, okay. (laughs) Samantha, the revolver. (laughs) Gotcha. So you fire your revolver and it connects with the leg of this creature and it knocks off a bunch of pieces of zombie. But again, like this writhing mass down at the down at its feet just kind of come up and form into the area where where you blew off a bunch of pieces. And even the pieces seem to take life again and keep reforming into this creature in not necessarily a, a quick manner. Like, it doesn't look like it completely filled in on your turn, but it's working on it um, already. And so that brings us to Tom. 
Yeah, and if there's a mechanical part to that that where it regains hit points, uh, it can't regain hit points until the start of my next turn. Oh, okay. Well, then it doesn't do that, then. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's still Tom's turn, though. Wesley, what's your health at? It's um, 26 out of 47. I'm going to run over to his spot on the deck and uh, get behind the chairs with him. Okay. And then uh, I, t- I, I put my hand on him and I cast Cure Wounds and I do it with Live Dammit. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm casting it as a level two spell. So it's five. So uh, do you want to explain to the audience a little bit about your homebrewed feat that you're using right now? <laughs> uh, I'm doing magic stuff, guys. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I hate you Live so damn much. it. <laughs> when healing a character that is bloodied, which is more than half of their HP depleted, your dice are twice as effective. A spell stating 1d8 it becomes 2d8, and so on. This can be done your wisdom modifier times per day. <clears throat> and then I also cast it as level 2, and that means it was doubled, and then that was doubled. So it was quadrupled, essentially. Yeah, 48 <laughs> instead of uh, 2. So that's 22 health. Oh, shit. <coughs> Yeah, Igmit, you start to feel immediately reinvigorated as your uh, as your wounds start to knit themselves back together, and like the giant bruise that was on your torso, you can you can already feel it not feeling tender anymore. You know, like you've gotten your full range of motion back. Like before, you were just kind of toughing through it, but now you feel right as rain. And then that brings us to the creature, and so. The creature just starts to take lumbering steps forward and you can hear the flesh squelching and and grinding on itself as it moves and it doesn't seem to be moving very fast or even in a very uh, very hastened manner. It just takes these long lumbering steps and it gets about it gets about 40 feet and then it will bring us to Alivari, right? Yes, I assume if you're referring okay. to me. <laughs> yeah, I, well, no, I just wanted to make sure I was saying it right. Yes, Alivari. Okay. Or Al, cool. if you can't pronounce it, that's fine. Um, or Avalari, if you're Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I am currently how far away from the rest of the crew? Like 30 feet? So... Falk is up above you on the uh, on the roof of the building, and then okay. to the right of you, about thirty feet behind the behind some chairs, is Igmet and Tom. Are they all within sixty feet? They are. Yes. Okay. So first up, I'm going to do a mantle of inspiration, uh, which is a bonus action, and it uses one of my bardic inspirations to grant myself a wondrous appearance and I get to choose those three and is Boris there as well? Yeah, Boris is uh Boris is over by you basically. Um he's not up in the initiative yet. So he's he's like within 10 feet of you right now. Okay. Does he seem to be friendly to us now? Oh yeah, yeah, he's he's back to speaking in his really bad cockney accent. So <laughs> you assume that 
he's pretty Excellent. back to normal. Well, you wouldn't know that, I guess, but just based <laughs> off of Tom's reaction, you would probably assume that he's friendly again. Okay. So what this does, um, it will grant everybody eight temporary hit points. And then um, you can currently use, if you want to, use your reaction. You can move up to your speed without provoking any opportunity attacks, which isn't a deal for us right now. But that gives yeah. all y'all That's eight, dope as hell. Eight yeah. extra hit points. And that was just my bonus action. But Alvar is also going to move over um, to be by the other people that are on the ground behind the Adirondack chairs. And she's okay. 70 feet away? Yep. Or no, no. At this point, it would be uh, 20 feet, cause, or um, 30 feet, sorry, because it moved 40 feet up. It did. Okay. Well, the spell magic worked real well on Boris, so I think I'm going to try that on the creature. Okay. Oh, that ain't going to do it. Um, yeah, that's an eight. <laughs> yeah, no, that definitely does not do it. Especially since the DC starts at 10 plus spell level. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Igbit? Can I um, just take a shot with my with my bow and, and just see how it reacts? Um, Absolutely. It's a 22. Oh, yeah, that definitely hits. All right. So that's 13 damage. All right. So you peg it with uh, with an arrow, and it actually gets lost in the roiling mass of bodies. But it definitely reacts. It looks from away from the crossing house and over towards the uh, porch of Deputy Portnoy's office. And it's... It's easy to tell where it's staring, but it's still very odd to see because there aren't really any eyes or or face or anything to speak of. It's just these bodies just crawling around, creating the silhouette of of one. But uh, do you want to move it all? Um, no. But can I can I hand two of the dynamite uh, to Tom? Just just split it up between us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, that, that's all I'm going to do for now. All right. Falk, it's your turn. Rip my matches in half too. <laughs> Give me some. Oh no, yeah. it's too late. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I have so, to cast um, Sacred Flame on myself again. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, you give him some matches. Uh, Falk. So is it walking, um, it, it's walking towards the rest of them and, and sort of away from me, right? No, it was walking towards the crossing house, and then Igmet shot it, oh. and now it's staring at Deputy Portnoy's. Oh, okay. Um, I'll explain um, a feat that you gave to me <laughs> as well. Combat acrobat. Um, I am skilled at leaping from things uh, or running on walls. Um, ever the adrenaline junkie, I gain plus two bonus to athletics or ac- acrobatics checks while in initiative order. And twice per day, um, I can choose to have advantage on an attack roll uh, made after a successful athletics or acrobatics check. So I am going to um, leap to, or you know, run as far as I need to, and then leap leap to uh, the roof of um, of the uh, telegraph office, and then um, take another shot at it. All right, go ahead and roll acrobatics. Fifteen plus three plus two, so uh, dirty twenty. 
Why don't you roll your attack roll, too? 22. Oh, yeah, that hits. So, you go ahead and roll damage, and I'll uh, describe what happens. So, you, you, you start turning towards your right, and your feet are, are, are hammering against these, uh, these clay roof tiles, and you plant one foot into the ground and leap into the or into the roof, and then leap into the air, and kind of twist your body sideways as you as you land and roll with it. And as soon as you you stop your momentum, you're on one knee and just let loose with your uh, with your revolver, and it connects with this creature, and again blows a large chunk out of its torso area, and it's roaring and screaming and and just waving its arms around uh, in kind of a Kermit the Frog fashion. And the damage? Uh, damage is 12. Okay. And again, he can't regain uh, hit points, and um, he also would have a uh, disadvantage on attacks against me. Okay. Tom, what are you doing? I should say Where's they, because <laughs> it's literally an amalgamation of a bunch <laughs> of dead folks. <laughs> Where is Tom? Where is Falk right now? He's on the telegraph office behind um, behind you guys. Because um, that's, <clears throat> if you guys recall, the telegraph office is in between Deputy Portnoy's and uh, and the Crossing House, but it's just back offset a little bit. Oh, it's and not so on the map. it's it's not on the map because it uh, just isn't on the map. I don't know. Fuck you, Tom. Uh, <laughs> it's not on the map because I invented it like after he had already made the map. Oh, that actually when makes I asked a lot to go more to the sense. telegraph top, uh, telegraph <laughs> office the first day. I'm going. But I still to, stand uh, by my original uh, explanation. Of yeah, that's Tom? perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, 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 old Tom. I'm going to uh, make a beeline. In, in in the back section, not well. I'm gonna go around back of the deputy Portnoy's office, and I'm gonna make a beeline to the Godfrey's uh, clothing and goods. And as I start running, I say, you "Could sure use that acid, Falk." I think this is against the rules, but uh, I'm gonna ask you anyway. Would you let me, while I'm doing a mad dash, would you let me do a absolutely blind shot with my pistol? Yeah, but you have to roll three times and take the lowest result. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> it's like so super disadvantage. Go for three natural 20s. <laughs> <laughs> and if you roll a one, it's going to be bad. Well, there's a 20. But there's a three. Oh, well, shit. 23 and 18, so I get the three. So you're sprinting. You're just trucking your way, and you just take a second to look at him, and you shoot, and you just hear, ping! As it as it ricochets <laughs> off of something metal, and you don't think that there's anything metal in that general direction, and instead you see that Igmit just ducked as your bullet collided with <laughs> one of the bars right above his head, and <laughs> he gives you a dirty scowl as you truck your way uh, towards the Gottfrieds, and <laughs> oh man, and and the creature starts. Uh, the creature starts making its way closer towards the Adirondack chairs and it goes 20 feet forward with those large booming steps and you can feel the ground shake 
um, as it's approaching you, um, both Olivari and Igma, you guys are both close enough that you can feel the tremors as it's walking towards you. And then it swipes out with its massive arm. All right, does a 18 hit both of your armor classes? Yes. Uh, yep, sure does. Okay. So that is a... That's 16 bludgeoning damage to both of you. As it just rains down this large, heavy fist made of bodies upon these Adirondack chairs and you guys in in the same moment and just shards of wood and splinters go everywhere as you guys are knocked back um, a couple of feet and like you guys are still on your feet and you can still move that's just for flavor the knocking back thing um, but 16 then, damage yep 16 damage okay I get to cast Hellish Rebuke now yay okay awesome because I'm a tiefling so it's my reaction and it has to make a dexterity saving throw. Luckily for you, it's not real good at those. Oh, um, 16? Um, it takes eight damage. Fire damage. All right. You see, you see parts of this fist start to smolder away and you can smell the burning flesh <laughs> as uh, it pulls its fist back and... It growls angrily again with this low kind of guttural noise. Um, and then it's actually your turn, Alivari. By the way, this Smolder Away is the name of my book. <laughs> I don't much like being pushed around. And I am going, is a hand close enough that I can just stab it? Um, so it's actually 10 feet away from you. It has reach. And so uh-huh. you would have to, you'd have to move five feet in order to, in order okay. to stab it. I will do that. I will step up and I will, uh, attempt to stab it. Okay. <laughs> you know how I was rolling real good last time? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. It's a two. But it's... <laughs> Yeah, that's less than 10. I sincerely doubt that hits. No, it doesn't, unfortunately. It does have a very low armor class, but not that low. It's not a nine? Oh, come on. Um, okay, so <laughs> I step out, and I, uh, having just set it on fire, try to bring out my rapier, and apparently the fire is too much for me to handle, and I just completely miss, and... I'll say that uh, with the way that these bodies are kind of writhing around, forming up these legs, you go to stab for a section that just isn't there anymore. You know what I mean? Like, just because they're moving around so much and crawling all over each other, you just you just miss. And it's really unimpressive, considering that this thing is 20 feet tall. <sighs> <laughs> I'm going to take my bonus action to disengage. And okay. then I'm going to step back. Uh, let's go 20 feet away from the others so that I don't get snagged in the same attack again like that. Kind of okay, split so his attention. Do you want to go towards the crossing house or back around Deputy Portnoy's office? Like uh, left or right, basically. 
Um, left or left would be towards the crossing house. Right would be back behind uh, the deputy's office. Either way, it's about the same distance away from the creature, right? Yes, ma'am. Left. Sounds good. Okay, so you head back. You head towards the crossing house porch, and you actually uh, you get basically be- you get behind the um, the railing and and one of the tables that's there to kind of give yourself some cover. But as you noticed before, it just kind of smashes through that. Um, Igmet. Okay. Would throwing a stick of dynamite be considered my attack? Action. It would, yes. It would, okay. And how far could Igmet throw? How, how many feet? It's ten feet away from you right now, so you could definitely get it in there now. Oh, oh shit, okay. Uh, let's do this. Um, All Igmet- right, let's do this. Igmet lights a piece of dynamite and throws it right at the right at the head of it, right at the top. Okay, so go ahead and uh, make me an attack roll and add your dexterity modifier to it. Say your prayers, Tom. Are you throwing the dynamite at me? <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's a that's a twenty one. Oh yeah, nice. you you nice, throw nice, this nice. Uh, stick of dynamite and. There, there's a mild opening in the bodies for a second, and it just lodges in there before a couple more bodies crawl over it and kind of enclose it in there. And uh-huh. you, I would imagine that you probably do the Napoleon Dynamite, like, yes, down uh, type thing and go and roll damage. <laughs> okay. I, I, I actually was going to uulate, but that works too. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Uh just a d20 for damage? Um, I gave you the damage on dynamite. I thought it was uh, 3d6 that combined or something. I don't remember, but I definitely gave it to you guys. Well, I'm going to have to find it. I'm going to find it before you do. That's a guarantee. Oh, hey, Brian, is the Jeopardy music um, public domain? Can we use that? <laughs> it's called Cutting All of This Out. It's called Saving Face for Wesley. <laughs> Saving Private Wesley. <laughs> Not to be confused with Saving Wesley's Privates, which is a whole other kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. First, we have to, the, the prequel is called Finding Wesley's Privates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. I Don't be well, sorry. Just... We want to blow this guy. Write it, write it down this time, please. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, we're just going to go with 3d6, um, and if you twist them together, it stacks. So roll 3d6 damage. <coughs> please write that down. 3d6 per dynamite stick? Correct. So if you tied two of them together, it's 6d6, so on and awesome. so forth. 15. All right. So you wait a second, and then just chunks of gore and viscera fly everywhere, and there's just a there's a decent sized hole in uh, in the chest of this creature, and and the bodies are trying to writhe over there, but something seems to be kind of magically stopping them from from repairing the damage. Do you want to move at all? I'm going to stay where I am. Okay. 
Falk. All right. Um, this time I want to jump over to the uh, to Portnoy's office um, roof. Okay. And uh, I'm not going to go ahead and please. do the. Yeah, I'm not going to do the advantage thing this time though. I'm going to save that one. Okay. All right. Uh, Fifteen plus three plus two. Another um, dirty twenty. Okay, so this building is a little bit, the roof of it is a little bit taller than the building that you're currently standing upon. And when you leap, you actually, you kind of grab onto the end and in a very fluid motion, kind of swing your leg up there and roll um, in a barrel roll and get back up to your feet and go ahead and do your next action. All right, and then I will um, shoot another uh, chill touch round at this thing. Okay. Now, I would like to remind you that you're very close to it at this point. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, he gets disadvantage okay, cool. on uh, attacks on me, so this is my plan. Okay. <laughs> uh, eight plus seven. Uh, so, uh, what is that, 15? That actually is not a hit. Oh, with the thing being that big? Yeah, it's uh, it's 16. Oh, dang. Oh. Well, this is <laughs> gonna hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, is there anything on this roof that I can hide behind? Uh, yeah. There's a there's a chimney from the fireplace, but I mean, it's not it's not la- it's not a large chimney. Like it's not like the brick type. It's the it's like the metal pipe that you know sticks out of a roof. Uh, I mean, and anything so, I mean, that might. Uh... <laughs> You know, lessens, <laughs> lessen its chance of hitting me. So, yeah, I go and That's hide fair. behind that. All right. Do you want to give me a self When check? I miss, I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to give me a stealth check or no? It's up to you. I don't care. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead and do that. Oh, that's uh, a four plus uh, <laughs> three. So you see this thing is tracking you the entire way that you're running towards the uh, towards the pipe and you kind of do that thing where you turn sideways and still the majority of your body is visible behind yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> like your belly and your butt are sticking out. <laughs> nice. Uh, Good thing I got that so eight temporary <laughs> HP. <laughs> Tom, what are you doing? Did I make it to Godfrey's clothing? Um, no, but you could this turn if you uh, dashed again. Since the creature went south, I'm actually going to bypass it and beeline straight for the gunsmith. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you'll you be at the door because um, you're not 100% if you, uh, like, do you want to try the door right away? I'll let you use the, a bonus action for that. Yeah. Because it's 100% locked. Okay. I figured. As you probably figured, yeah. But yeah, it's 100% locked, so you're at the doorway to the gunsmith shop right now. <coughs> I shout. Mr. Portnoy, are you in there? And bang on the door. All right. And then that'll bring us to the creature who just takes one step forward and brings its hands together and raises them up behind its head like it's got an axe between them. And just brings them down in a double-fisted slam on top of that uh, on top of that pipe that you're near, Tom. Igment, you can actually wait. What gun? What weapon do you have out right now, Igment? Oh, you threw dynamite, uh, so you don't have a weapon out. Correct. Um, but Igment, 
you could punch at it if you wanted, because it does take a step near you, and so you would get an attack of opportunity, so you could punch if you wanted. Sure. It's not going to do a whole lot of damage. But So that's going to be strength plus proficiency when you roll your d20. So that's a dirty 20. That'll hit. So you will roll 1d2 of damage plus your strength modifier. <laughs> so I rolled a three. Um, so that would be, we'll call that a, that's a two then. And so then add on your strength modifier. That's another three. All that's right. Five. So five. Nice. So you connect really solidly and you can actually hear the crack of bones in uh, one of these, in one of these bodies that's kind of writhing around and you feel pretty confident in the connection that you made. Um, then uh, it will <coughs> make that attack. Oh, this actually cuts it close. Does a 15 hit your armor class, Falk? No, 16. It doesn't? Holy shit. How's it feel, bitch? <laughs> oh, well, hold on. I do need you to make me a dexterity saving throw, though. Because this entire roof is coming down as it connects with it. Oh, fuck. Oh. I'm so glad I didn't go in there. <laughs> I, got a, I, got, I got a two plus three, so a five. Okay. So you will just take a d6 of fall damage, which is way better than what I'm rolling for the creature. Um, so you take three points of bludgeoning as you, as you, uh, you twist out of the way of this strike and then realize that there's really nothing under your feet and you try and grab onto some of the beams that, uh, are broken and cracked but still hanging onto the walls and you just can't quite get your hands around it and you just fall flat on your back right in the center of Deputy Portnoy's office and, uh, Oh, so I didn't fall in any of the cells? No, 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 no. You're still uh, oh, okay. free to move around and stuff. And Mark Baggio stirs up for a second. He kind of looks around and then lays his head back down onto the pillow and goes back to snoring. Uh, I'm glad you said that. And that was going to be my first question once it got to my turn. Is is Mark Baggio even still in his cell? <laughs> yeah, he is, as a matter of fact. Um, Sneaky bastard. And so... You well, do I broke the key off in it, so... <laughs> Igmit, you do see that some of the holes that uh, Falk had, or some of the areas that Falk had damaged and blown chunks off of, are starting to get replaced with uh, with more of this writhing flesh and stuff like that. It's definitely not fully filled in at this point, but it does seem to be repairing itself a little bit. And so that will bring us to Alivari. Let's see, I'm going to turn to um, Tom, is he near me? Or is he the one? Uh, Tom is. No, Tom is actually the one that ran over to the gunsmith, so he's probably the furthest away from you. (laughs) Running away, as usual. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A, right? Fucking A. So, Igmit, I'm going to turn to you and sing a song that I won't actually sing because if I do, then you guys will get smacked with bad things. But I will just say that. uh, How good of a singer are you? You might get smacked with bad things. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. 
<laughs> okay then. Um <laughs> Anyway, um I'm just going to tell you that you can um rise to the challenge of your rival. And then <laughs> I am going to turn to the creature, go as close as I can. Um let's see, I can go twenty feet. Okay. So I'm gonna move up fifteen feet to be within five feet to hit it. Okay. <laughs> I need to throw this dice away. That's a nine. <laughs> oh no! So <laughs> you 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 sing about how Igmet is the last known survivor, and and you know like you get him all pumped up and stuff, and you're actually feeling a little bit pumped up too, and your adrenaline is starting to surge through your body, and you run forward and you go to stab with your rapier, and again just whiff, and. <laughs> But this time, though, because you're such a consummate professional and great performer, when you pull it out, you make it seem as though it was, like, stuck in the flesh a little bit. So you kind of, like, put your foot in there. And, and... Igma, go ahead and make me a perception check. All right. Uh, nine. It, dude, you think that Alavari just did one of the most solid hits on this thing that, that you've ever seen? Like that, she buried that rapier into this thing, and you you get a little bit of respect for her because you know you and her are the only ones that are like engaging this thing at the ground level. And I mean, she seems badass to you. You're you're a fan for sure. <laughs> and it's your turn now, Igmet. <laughs> All right. Um... Uh, bonus action, by the way, disengage, and I'm going to step back. 10 feet. Oh, I apologize. I apologize. No worries. Now it's your turn, Igmit. I apologize. All right. Um, Can I stand back? Uh, I'll just move back maybe 10 feet. Provokes an attack, my friend. Damn it. Um, All right. Then I'm just going to shoot at at its middle with my scatter gun. So that's a 14. That doesn't hit. <sighs> Shit. I'm going to say that the, the shell that you have in there actually misfires. You, uh, you, pull, the, you pull the trigger, and when, when it, the hammer clicks down, just nothing happens. And you kind of wait a second with it still trained there as you, uh, as you do as a responsible uh, firearm user. And you're pretty positive that that shell is a dud, though. And then you pop it open and get ready to reload it. Um, do you want to do anything else, Sigmund? Uh, no. All right, Falk, you are you are uh, standing in some debris in Deputy Portnoy's office, staring up at this uh, monstrous, hulking creature that is uh, looming above you. All right. So uh, first of all, um, I, I know what's going on with Mark. Is Ingrid still in here? Yes, she is uh she is cowering in the corner. Um you can see tears are streaming down her face and she she seems incredibly scared. I wish we knew who the deputy was. He has a badass gun. <laughs> All the uh the dust is like settling in here after I, I fell through and I kinda do a quick glance at both Mark and then to Ingrid. I'm like, uh sorry for dropping by unannounced and then I uh <laughs> run out the door with my um gun in front of me. <laughs> oh no. So, um, uh, let's see, uh, first things first, um, how far away is the door that Tom's at, at the, uh, at the, um, gunsmith from me when, when I'm at the Um, entrance of, uh, Portnoy's office? Let's call it a hundred feet. 
Unless you have a spell that's convenient for that, then it's going to be... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, so knock is normally 60 feet range, and I can extend right. a, um, a, a distant spell um, sorcery point and uh, double that range. So for my uh, action, I am going to um, uh, use knock on that door and open it up as long as it's like, you know, a normal sort of mundane lock, non-magic. So Tom, you you hear a click in this door and it kind of just Oh, it's much more than a click. <laughs> when you cast the spell, a loud knock audible from as far away as 300 feet emanates from the target. <laughs> oh <object>. shit. <laughs> Never mind. You hear you hear the cop knock just and then the door just fucking <laughs> I I jump back and bump into one of the beams. <laughs> All right, and then uh, with my bonus action, I am going to use um, another sorcery, uh, another two sorcery points to cast a quickened spell, and then shoot another um, uh, chill touch round at it. So let's see here. Oh, eighteen plus uh, plus seven. So that's definitely a hit. Oh yeah, and sure is. So uh, ten damage. All right. Why don't you go ahead and roll me a perception check, everybody except for Tom. Ugh, seven plus one, eight. Nine. Twenty-four. Okay, so um, Olivari is the only one that sees this, but um, you're just scanning the area and taking stock of what's going on, and you look over maybe 15 feet away from you on the Crossing House porch, Boris has a bunch of sticks of dynamite that he's twisting together. Holy shit. You can you can just see I mean it's a it's a mass of them. Like he's he's currently just trying to create this 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 spider web of wicks. And uh, he seems to be kind of having a little bit of trouble with it. Um, but that is currently what he is working on. Igmit, are you good with dynamite? You bet your ass I am. <laughs> I might want to go help Boris. <laughs> what were you thinking? Uh, do you see what Boris has going on over there? Maybe you could go help him? You can't quite see what he's doing, but you can see that he's crouched uh, behind the railing and, and some of the like picnic tables that are on this porch. And huh. he's, he's bent over doing something that seems arduous and difficult. Okay, okay. You say he's got dynamite? Uh, that's what it looks like to me. Ooh-wee! I know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's your turn, Tom. Um, you said these magic guns are in a glass case? They are, yes. I'm just going to go in and hit it with my mace. All right, why don't you make an attack roll for me? So I rolled an 18. Okay, and then go ahead and make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's file this under duh. <laughs> nat 20. Nat 20 and my bonus, or my save is three. Okay, so you smash down on this case and the glass just shatters and... As soon as you go to reach in, 
just a huge gout of flames just erupts in your face. And oh, shit. Hey, <laughs> good thing you made that save. So you would have taken 26 points of fire damage, but it's 13. <laughs> and your eyebrows are gone. <laughs> hey, Tom's going to be a bird victim. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget you had that... Don't forget you had that temp HP, so... Yeah, you said 13? Yes, sir. And uh, what's the state of the case now that the flame is bursting? It looks... It looks like like it looks like the guns and stuff are fine. It looks like uh like the fl- the gout of flame was enough to hit anybody that was standing right next to the case, and that's about it. All right. There was two pistols, you said, and then there was a, a double barrel shotgun and a rifle. Correct. Okay. Get the noisy cricket. Would I have <laughs> enough time to just drop all my weapons and and re- and replace them with those? Um, you could start doing that and. I'll say that next turn you'd be finished with it, and then the turn after that you could rush out and start. That's what I'll do. All right. So ignore Tom for the next three turns. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that's going to bring us to the creature who is going to take a swipe at Igmet. Igmet does... Oh, yeah, that definitely hits your armor class. Never mind. I'm not going to insult you by asking that. Ouch. (laughs) <laughs> all right so that's gonna be oh not so bad so that's gonna be eight points of bludgeoning damage as it smashes one of these fists into you oh okay well the second one's a crit so don't Oof. get excited oh no okay so this one is 32 <laughs> points of bludgeoning damage as it just rains two fists on you right in a row, and I imagine you crumple down unconscious. Yep. Yeah. So that's okay. Thirty-two so guys... on top of eight. Correct. Yeah. So you took forty points of damage in that one turn. Yikes. Oof. And your healer is busy for the next three turns. Huzzah. Um. <laughs> well, a healer is busy. Oh right! I forgot bards can heal. Um, so yeah, you guys, everybody except for Tom and Boris sees Igmet crumple under these blows and you, you can see that one of his arms is kind of twisting the wrong way and he's just laying there and his chest is barely rising. And that will bring us to you, Olivari. Igmet, I, I, I wanted you to go help him, not get smacked down. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to run over and run, uh, do Cure Wounds. So I'm going to do that at level 2, which gives me 2d8. That's 17 hit points back for you. So Igmit, right. you immediately... <gasps> and and you come to, and, and you can... And Alivari, you see his arm kind of snaps back into place and repairs itself, Oof. and it's... It's kind of gruesome, but you've seen this before, you know, in your in your travels and using healing spells, and you know that it's a net positive, so even though it was rough to look at. Uh, what do you want to do yeah, next? Yeah. Um, okay, so that's my action. Did I have to move very far to get to him? No, not really. Uh, you moved 15 feet, 15? I would say. Well, actually 10. Yeah, you moved 10 feet, because he's 10 feet away from the monster. Okay, 
So then I will just go over to Boris. So then I am going to sing uh, something at him. Explosive, Explosive by Dr. Dre. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you know, boom, you're boom. an all-star. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I will, I will sing the, uh, actually it's fallout boy, light him up, boom, boom. Okay. And that's all. And yeah, he, uh, he seems inspired. Igmet, you are, you are on the ground. So getting up is half your movement. Is there any way I can run away? If, if you spend your full turn disengaging, yes. I absolutely do that. Um, All right, where do you want to run to? I I run for the for the crossing house. How far do you want to do you want to run over towards where Boris is? Because you're taking a, a a dash action, so you can basically get up to sixty feet. Yes, um, I I'll exhaust okay. myself uh, going to Boris. Gotcha. So you uh, you get over to Boris and you kind of do one of those. Uh, one of those baseball slides and you immediately snatch the dynamite out of his hands and start uh, trying to twist stuff together. Uh, Falk. I'm right at the, the entrance to uh, the Portnoy's office. The monster is looming over you. Oh, okay. Sorcerer tank, bro! Sorcerer tank! Yeah, I, I'm gonna uh, chill touch. Uh, shoot him with my chill touch rounds again. Oh, natural 20. Oh, Fuck shit. Yeah. 18 damage. Oh, wait, it's doubled. Uh, 18 times 2. So, uh, what is that? 36, yeah. You blow another massive chunk of flesh off of this creature, and it's starting... It's actually starting to look rough. Like, it seems like like one of its legs is a lot thinner than the other one is, and, uh, and its torso has a point where, where it gets incredibly thin and there's kind of like a little hole in its chest where you can where you can see almost all the way through it and uh, it's definitely it's definitely falling apart. Tom, you're still just grabbing onto these guns and attaching them to your belt or slinging them out over your shoulder and and just getting ready to <laughs> to do all that stuff with it and then just fucking looting <laughs> what an awful person and then we have a Axe handle smash on with disadvantage, of course. Um, sixteen. Uh, that meets my armor class. Fuck. Oh. Ooh. So that is going to be fifteen points of bludgeoning damage as it just brings that axe handle smash right on top of you, and it 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 takes out most of the door frame and and most of the wall that. Uh, that the door frame was attached to as well, and Deputy Portnoy's office isn't so much an office anymore. It's 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 definitely the ruins of of a building. <laughs> um, yeah, and, I kind of uh, like shake it off a, a little bit, and I'm like, "That all you got?" And I'd spit on the ground next to me. <laughs> all right, Olivari. Okay, so can I figure out what in the world Boris is doing with all of this? He, it looks like he's trying to take as many sticks of dynamite as possible and string them together. Okay. I mean, you could ask him what he's doing if you'd like. Oh, fair. Uh, what, what are you trying to do here? 
we'll, uh, I figure we, we, we could, we could lay it out on, on the ground and, and then try and lure it over it and, and, you know, hope we can keep the timing, I guess. It's not a great plan, but it's something. Well, I guess we could try that. Where, where were you going to put them? I was going to go over to the well. You got a better plan? Well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, that would keep the rest of us safe, I suppose. Uh, Yeah. How many are strung together currently? Um, let me roll. He has... He has 15 sticks of dynamite that are kind of weaved together, and uh, he's currently pulling more wicks off and trying to create kind of like a a longer main wick that would then go through and ignite this whole spider web. I see. Um, how how much longer do you think it's going to take you to put all that together? Uh, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm going as fast as I can. I'm hoping I'm hoping in the next you know 30 seconds or so, and. Uh, he he immediately goes back to twisting as fast as he can, and Igmet is also helping him, but Igmet hasn't gotten fully involved yet at this point. All right. Um, I well, I could try to get up there um, when you're ready for me, and I'm going to step back out. Well, I'm just going to step far enough away that I'm not um, like if I draw his fire to me, I'm not going to like take out the dynamite as well. So a good uh, a good area. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna have you move then to like the far end of the porch, away from where Igmet and Boris are at. Then okay. And so you're kind of you're kind of in that left hand corner of the porch, uh, kind of hiding, um, using it a little bit as cover, standing on the ground. Is that cool? That sounds perfect. And that's awesome. Um, an eighteen to hit. Oh, yeah. Yay! 15 piercing damage. All right. And I will also do a, a bardic inspiration on those boys. So you start singing your song. You draw your bowstring back to your cheek. You take a second to line up your shot. You let it loose, and it flies true and strikes hard into the into the center mass of this creature. And you see it kind of flail about and roar, but it seems very focused on Falk. And as though this is the biggest thorn in his side. And so uh, that will bring us to you, Igmit. What are you doing? I will uh, you know, help help Boris um, putting this dynamite together. And so roll me a sleight of hand check. All right. That's an 18. And then roll your D8, though, and add that to it as well. 24. Okay, so Igmit, you kind of snatch some of this stuff out of Boris's uh, clumsy fingers and just start weaving it together expertly. And you're actually pretty positive that you can get this going pretty quickly. Um, you think that within the next couple of rounds, you can be ready to uh, to make this work. Um, now, the real question is, how long of a wick do you want to have? How many seconds? I'm not going to worry about the... About the length of the wick. Uh, I'm just going to okay. make sure it's all attached. All right. So then you, this will just complete the end of your turn. And then uh, next turn, you can grab it and go do something with it. All righty. Falk, what are you doing, Falk? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep chill touching this motherfucker. <laughs> keep him from being able to regenerate. That's uh, 12 plus 7. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yep. 10 damage. So you blow off a smaller chunk than than you had been, but still, this thing, you seem to be drawing the ire of this thing every single time that you do this, and it's definitely looking rough. Uh, Tom... You have completed getting all of the th- the guns and stuff onto your person, and you may exit the exit the gunsmith shop. <laughs> Finally. Okay. I step out onto the deck, probably kind of smoking and singed, but feeling like a badass. And uh, I don't I don't have information on any of these guns except I was told that the rifle is excels at long range. So I'm going to I. I feel safe to assume I can see the creature from where I'm at. Oh, hell yeah, it's huge. I'm going to raise the, the magic rifle up, and I'm going to say, Ernie works in mysterious ways, and so does Tom. <laughs> and I fire. <laughs> okay. What do, what do I got to roll? Uh, D20 and add your uh, dexterity and proficiency. Total comes to 19. That'll hit. So go ahead and roll 3d10 damage. That's not the top looking one. Oh, that. Can I use my uh, percentage die? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 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 uh, well. <laughs> 23 damage. All right. So this rifle actually glows purple a little bit as you're, as you're squeezing the trigger. And this round, it, it seems to almost have a, a, a tracer on it, like just this, this mild purple glow as it's going towards it. And so you can actually track it the entire way, even though it's moving so quickly, because it basically just looks like a laser um, from the point of your rifle all the way to this creature. And it just knocks off a huge chunk of it. And I mean, like, this thing looks rough. It's it's falling apart like like you can see that some of the bodies are crawling up to try and uh, to try and repair some of the damage and they just fall off onto the ground and kind of shrivel up and turn into ash and you you, you definitely feel like you got a real solid hit there. Um, do you want to do anything else? Well, yeah, you do. Roll me a perception check. Okay. Nat twenty. You hear the sound of a hammer click as you feel the cold oh, shit. feeling <laughs> of steel against the back of your head. And you I, hear, not another movement, Adia, or you won't have a head any longer. I just say, it's about time you showed up. <laughs> it's a racist bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That'll bring us to uh, the creature who is going to swing at Falk. With disadvantage. Well, I rolled a 16 and an 18. Fuck. Let's hope it saves you. Let's hope it saves you on the multi-attack. 15 and 10. Yeah, you're fucked. So the first one is going to be 16. The second one is also 16 as it uh, as it just hammers down both fists upon you. Alright, so that's 32. Yes, sir. 
Yep, I'm down. All right, Falk is down. That will bring us to Alivari. <sighs> okay, so Falk is down. Would I have noticed seen that from where I am? Make me a perception check, please. He's kind of far away. That's an 18. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You uh, you see the blows rain down and you can see the crumpled form in the debris. I guess I I will move my 30 feet out so that I'm 40 feet away from um, Falk. I guess I'll just short bow it again. I, I don't really have anything else. 16? Does that hit? Oh, yeah, it does. Yep. All right. So that's 18 piercing damage. Well, it looks really, really rough. I am just going to use my bonus action to dash forward another 30 feet. So then I'm 10 feet away. Gotcha. I assume that you're still staying out of the radius of this thing's attacks, though? Yes. Okay, cool. Igmet. Boris. Boris, here's the thing. We got to save this town. And we've got very few options on our hands. I don't know where in Tarnation Tom's off to. Uh, it looks like Falk is, I don't know, sleeping on the job. Typical Easterner. And, uh, <laughs> well, this, this healing lady with the pretty voice, why, she's useful, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't think... She has any any fire magic like Falk does. Um, well, uh, do you get what I'm saying, Boris? I'll do it. Are you sure? What do I have here anyway? Let's face it, you ain't gonna be able to get me back anyway. I'm never gonna see my family again. What's the matter? You're... And Igmet, for the first time, shows a little bit of, like, emotion. Like, he doesn't cry, but, uh, he, he looks down. You're, you talked about how you want to serve your king and, you know, serve people. Well, this will be the greatest service you'll ever do. It was, it was, it was nice to meet you. And he grabs the dynamite and and hugs it close, and he starts sprinting off towards the well. Shit. You can still take your actions if you want. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot at with my bow. Okay. That's a sixteen to hit. Yep, that hits. That's thirteen. All right. Your arrow drives into this thing, and again, it's still flailing around and roaring, and it it seems it seems very focused on the crumpled form of Falk in front of him. And Falk, I need you to make me a death saving throw, please. Unless you want to move, Igmet. No. Okay. Well, that's a 17. That's one success. All right. Tom. You have a gun pressed to the back of your head. What would you like to do? <laughs> Don't worry, Mr. Portnoy. You'll get them back. 
Oh, you're damn right I'm going to get them back. <laughs> you're going to hand them over to me right now. So that this monster can wreck your shop and possibly kill everyone in town? Good plan. He, uh, he kind of takes a second to look around and he, he pauses and kind of grunts. And you hear, you hear the sound of the hammers being put back into their place. And the gun is no longer pressed against the back of your head. I swear to God, if I don't see them all back in, in me shop by tomorrow morning, I'm going to find you and I'm going to blow your fucking head off. You hear me? I hear you. And then I take another shot at the monster. All right, go ahead. That's an eight plus my dex mod. So dex mod is three. And my proficiency, you said? Yep. That's not going to be a hit, though. Okay. You shoot wide um, this time. And it, uh, again, though, you can see you can see the tracer of the shot. And next time that you shoot, you have advantage. Um, just so you know, and just in case I don't remember to tell you that, okay? Interesting. That is going to bring us to the creature who is going to grab onto Falk's form and just give you one nice clean, uh, one nice dusting of the rug on the, um, on the ground, you know, where you take your rug and you just kind of slam it into the concrete a little bit to get the dust out. Mm. That is exactly what he's doing to you. Hulk first Loki. (laughs) <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and so that would be that would be a failed death saving throw automatically. Yeah. And so then that brings us to Alavari. Okay, so uh Falk's still getting beat on? Oh yeah, this thing has him by the legs and it's just Repeated. It looks like it's it's winding up to slam him into the ground again. Like it just grabbed him by the legs and slammed him in the ground once, and then just wound back up. And you're currently staring it down as it's about to do it again. Oy vey! Can I touch him? Can I reach him? Uh, not Where's... not really. He's he's up high. He because this thing is twenty feet tall and it's kind of winding back up again. Crap! Am I close enough? I could touch the thing. Oh yeah, you could move in and touch it. Reach out and touch Faith. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm just going to stab it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe okay. you will. <laughs> I do better stabbing at a distance, apparently. That's another two. <laughs> oh, no. For, um, but it's a nine with my addition. But, um, and yeah. disengage and run back then? Uh, yeah, that, that would probably be the smartest thing to do. Okay. So again, you run up and (laughs) this time you don't bother with your performance. You just, you just let it all on display as you whiff at this thing. Cause basically I feel like Alivari is trying more to be fast than she is to be precise. And so I think that you ran in and you were already turning around to run back as you stabbed out and you just, you just weren't true with your strike. And that will bring us to Igmit. Igmit, you see that Boris is at the well, and he's got the dynamite uh, with him, and he's uh, and he's kind of standing there waiting on you for for something. I look over to him, and I nod my head, uh, and then I I yell out to the creature, trying to get its attention, um, and. 
while I yell out, uh, can can I see if it uh, if it turns to me at all? Um, why don't you go ahead and roll me an intimidation check? All right, that's an eighteen. It immediately spins and faces you. All right, I I keep yelling at it um, to give uh, Boris a little bit more time. Um, and, uh, I'm going to take a shot at it as well with my bow. Okay. So that's a 15. A 15 does not hit. Damn. So you, you kind of go out and you pound on your chest a little bit and you ulate at this thing and scream to get its attention and it turns and you bring up your bow almost instantaneously afterwards and get an arrow into the air, but it it whiffs just a little bit past the left of its face and that will bring us to Falk. Please give me a death, a death saving throw. Alright. <coughs> this is a one. A one? A one. Falk, you're dead. <laughs> 